you know, it's got to be fun. You know that, Mark. I mean, it, with negative energy, you won't perform. With positive energy, you'll overperform. I'm a big fan of, of being selective. And as I said, it's not meant arrogantly. It's just return on energy invested. That's for me as a, as a CFO, always important. Hey, welcome to the Resilient Recruiter Podcast. This is your host, Mark Whitby. I'm delighted to be joined today by Paul Taff. Paul is the CEO of Finance People Solutions, which he founded in 2014. Prior to joining the recruitment industry, Paul had a successful career as both a CFO and a CRO for U.S. global blue chip companies such as Pepsi, Nike, Lear Corporation, and Dell, as well as having worked in private equity. He's also one of our inner circle Apex members. This is Paul's second time on the show. Uh, the last time was way back in episode 21, about 100 episodes ago. And since then, he's actually launched his own podcast as well, which I'm uh, interested to learn more about. But Paul, thanks for being here. Mark, the top of the morning to you. It's a pleasure to be here. Uh, gee, so tell me, when was the? When did we have our first podcast? When was, when was the date for that? I can't remember. Oh, I don't have the date, but it was back in 2020. And um, yeah, so quite, uh, quite, the world's changed a lot since, uh, since then. Exactly. Uh, exactly. Exactly. Crazy time. So like, can you give me an update on your side since, you know, we last did this? Um, what have been the latest developments at Finance People Solutions? Absolutely, Mark. Uh well, there's been a lot going on, and the, the, even this morning is just crazy. Uh, sending out offers, uh, uh, getting customers and candidates together. But I'll come to that in a sec. Yeah, a lot has changed. I mean, we we we're having an excellent uh, business uh, performance. We've doubled the team. We've added to the two Christianas and Susanna and Neve. We've added three very young, talented people. Anna. Dan and Milena, and it's 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 great fun working with these. Uh, we have a mixture in the team of you know younger and and older people, and it it grooves very well together. Um, what you know what's been going on? We're we're pushing a lot more focused on innovation, and I'm glad I call the company Finance People Solutions because solutions is the appropriate terminology now for for recruitment these days. Uh, I mean, the, the, the market is crazy, uh, particularly on the interim side. I mean, I mean, it's just absolutely crazy. Candidates are gone within hours. We're just uh, recruiting a, an interim head of accounting or actually three of them. And uh, the accounting market here is it's it's not as strong as it is in the UK. There are less accountants. The education system is is very different here. Uh but, you know, I'm trying to get CFOs and the candidates uh, meeting within a few hours and making decisions. Otherwise, if they wait a day, they these guys will be gone. Um, we've also introduced a product which I'm very excited about, which is uh, the finance organization benchmarking. Uh, we do that with my partner, and that involves uh, benchmarking a finance organization for efficiency. So we go through all the processes in an interact. It's a digital product. We go through all the processes in an interactive session with the company. And uh, basically, the bottom line is after we've done our work, uh, we uh, produce a report which shows where the company is green versus best practice. We have a, a benchmark, a best practices database, which we use for a very, very good database in that case. So that people find out what's red, what's yellow, what's what's green. And this is great for private equity because they, you know, when private equity buys a company, Mark, uh, the companies are never ready for private equity ownership. Uh, they don't have, you know, they don't have timely reporting. They don't have the granularity in the reporting. Um, and so the private equity guys are always struggling and they always change the CFO. And that's another thing we've changed. So, you know, they change the CFO, bring in a CFO and the CFO discovers, oh God, my team is a mess. What am I going to do now? So they start you know, talking to recruiters and trying to get a team together. We do everything for those PE portfolio companies, from CFO right down to positions from 60,000 euros a year. So that, that's a big change. That's one of the reasons we've expanded the team. And private equity loves that because, you, you you know, you get them up on their feet very quickly. The CFO is not bogged down with recruitment. Uh, we, we support them there. Because of my time in private equity, I think I 
probably understand the CFO private equity DNA better than any other CEO in the recruitment business because of my own experience there. And and it's great fun. It's a lot of pressure. It's high speed. Uh, and I love that kind of stuff, as you know. <laughs> Amazing. There's a lot to unpack there. Uh, and your benchmarking product sounds fantastic. So I'd, like, I'd love to learn more about that. Just to um, give some context in case people didn't hear our previous session. So you're uh, from your voice, you're obviously an Irishman, but you are based in Germany and um, you specialize in placing CFOs and their teams on both an interim and a, an executive search basis. Uh, and that's your kind of core offering, but I know you do other things beside that. <clears throat> besides that, um, what's the sort of uh, revenue that you guys are, are sort of on track for at the moment? And uh, well, let's start there. Um, well, being a, being a CFO, for me, the quality of earnings is a big, is a big deal. So we don't take right. on everything. Uh, I've become a bit fussy and this should is not meant to be arrogant, but I've become a bit fussy with customers, and and uh, uh, there's there's a list of of ex customers now that it just wasn't fun working with. Uh, I'm too old to be to be uh, not enjoying the working with customers. So quality of earnings, but we're we're uh, hitting probably the the, the five million uh, uh, euros again this year uh, with a good quality of quality of earnings. We don't do any non retention business. Uh, you just can't do that. You, if you want to allocate resources, you got to get paid for it. You got to get commitment from the customers. And there's still, Mark, as you know, in the industry, and it's more so in the UK. There's still an expectation out there with some customers that they can talk to, you know, three headhunters at the same time and put put them on the same job. That is absolutely counterproductive for the for the company, for the candidates. For us, we lose credibility. Then the candidates say, "Well, Paul, I thought you had this exclusively." And there's they've been uh, you know con uh, contacted by another headhunter. No, no, no. Okay, excellent. I agree a hundred percent. Let's just get clear on the terminology for people who are non-finance. So when you say quality of earnings, earnings is another word for profit. People may not realize that. Um, what what does quality of earnings mean to you? Well, it means that that I manage the 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 gross margin line. Uh, mm -hmm. That's very important for us. Uh, it's a very important KPI and and. We increased our margins last year, uh, um, and and we will do as well this year. I mean, we can't afford to give discounts uh, uh, except to you know uh, really special customers because uh, you know we have to we have to allocate resources where where the revenue is and where the commitment is. Uh, mm -hmm. So I watch the growth and being an ex CFO, uh, uh, I'm very tight on on costs. Uh, selective on cost. We put an awful lot of money in, into marketing these days, Mark, much more than we did in the past. We're doing a new website. We've got not just one podcast, we've got many podcasts uh, with our uh, partner, Finance uh, Business Magazine, which is, uh, which is a huge success in the marketplace. Um, uh, and that's really enjoyable. So what we, Mark, you know, what we're doing now is it, with our we're very much a relationship recruitment company, so we want to build relationships with candidates and 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 keep these relationships going. And if you know if a candidate needs help, needs advice, career advice, I'll take the time and set up a call with them. But it's give and take, you know. Uh, we give a lot to our network. At least that's our objective. We provide them with you know information, what's going on in the marketplace, what's what products are going on, what what kind of trends are affecting CFOs. Uh, and you know, we talk to on the podcast. We talk to CFOs from 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 the DAX, which is the the same as the as the FT uh, uh, index in the UK or the, or the Dow in 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 New York. Uh, so we we give a lot back to our network, uh, and 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 that pays off because it's a win win. You know, and, and the, our communication on LinkedIn is very casual. It's it's uh, uh, you know, if a CFO moves job, hey, how's it going? Best of luck. Uh, and, and we know these people, you know, we, we've had written contact. There's 10,000 CFOs in DAC, which is Germany, Austria, Switzerland, right, in German. And uh, we, we have two thirds of those in our network. And we've we've handpicked those, if you wish, uh, which which has been a huge amount of work. We did that over two years uh, with TaylorMade communication. You, you know, this. you and I have talked about it. We had help from an agency on that. But we're we're always very individual 
in our, you know, when we talk to a, a, or write to a CFO over LinkedIn, uh, it's a very individual uh, communication and we don't send out in-mail stuff and, and that kind of thing. That's not, that's not really us. All right. Fantastic. Um, I'd love to learn more about your LinkedIn strategy because I know that's huge to you. But first, you mentioned, so you only work with committed customers, no contingency. Uh, it's either retained or it's an in exclusive interim assignment. Uh, but I was interested, you said you have a, a list of X customers. What's your criteria for firing a customer? Like when would you <laughs> decide this is not, um, we're not enjoying it and uh, it's not... Yeah. A good, you know, return right. on our energy. I mean, we we don't do it lightheartedly. Uh, obviously, I understand. We're, there's nothing arrogant about us. Um, but if, you know, if 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 we're not enjoying working together, if the process is not good, I mean, in, in this day and age, if you get your hands on, you know, top three candidates or two or even one for that matter, we we never uh, say we're going to produce a shortlist. We'll produce at least one, but that one person will be perfect for the job, in our opinion. And the customer is not coming back with, uh, you know, setting up appointments and dicking around. Uh, uh, that, that's 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 no good. We're wasting people's time. Uh, we had a we had a give you a, give you a concrete example. It's not an ex customer uh, yet, <laughs> but perhaps uh, you know we presented two candidates, and the first candidate, uh, uh, the senior guy on the board, wanted him. The other guy was not that convinced, so that didn't work out. And the second candidate, who was really, really, uh, uh, you know, uh, highly, highly rated by the customer, uh, they said to him, look, uh, why don't you, first of all, make a decision as to whether you want to change job or not, and then we can talk about an offer. And, and, and uh, you know, I talked to the candidate, and, and frankly, that's just stupid. I mean, I'm not going to make a decision to leave a company unless I know what's on offer. And, right, it's uh, backwards. Yeah, it's backwards. I just saw, and 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 he turned it down, and I had a chat with him, and and it was just such a shame. So, uh, you know, that's a process where you where you consider uh, does it make sense to continue uh, or not? Uh, because you can focus your energy on on other stuff and provide other customers better service in that period of time, and uh, and you know, it's about also about uh, quality of of earnings. Yeah, uh, you know, you know me. I'm a big fan of uh, of return on energy invested. Yeah. And scalability—they're my two key drivers in the business. And uh, luckily enough, there's some great customers, and I really love working with them. And uh, by the way, Mark, on interim, you don't have—it's not typical that you have exclusivity on interim. What what happens on interim is, uh, you know, if you're close to the customer, you'd be the first to be asked. And but then you have to produce, and if you don't produce, they'll move on. And you know, some of our customers, even our best customers, they uh, they go also to providers in London. Uh, not just here in Germany, and these guys are cutting the crap out of the margins that we're used to in Germany and have all kinds of different, uh, I would say, uh, a little bit cowboy-like tactics, uh, you know, <laughs> shall we say opportunistic, Mark, not really, uh, you know, having heard about it, that the customer is looking and then, you know, uh, sending CVs without really having had any communication with the with the private equity uh, investor. Um, so it's, a, you know, you know yourself, you, you've been in recruitment a long, long time. It's, it can be a very messy business. If you're a recruitment business owner, you might be feeling the pressure to invest in new technology. But how do you invest in technology that is proven to win higher paying clients? Otherwise, overall, you're just making a financial loss. Our trusted partner, iIntro, has a solution for this. They provide recruiters with an online delivery platform for the candidate shortlist. So instead of sending over CVs or resumes, you can send your clients an online profile that includes video, key competency questionnaires, and behavioral assessments. It looks more professional than a CV or a PDF, plus it helps the client make a more informed decision about who to call to interview. But that's not all. iIntro also provides recruitment business owners with coaching for their team, not just to help them use the software, but to help them use it to win more retained business. Their comprehensive training program is specifically designed to help recruiters at all levels of experience develop a retained recruitment service. In fact, many of the hundreds of recruitment businesses they've worked with win a brand new retained client after only a few weeks of getting started. 
To see iIntro in action, just go to recruitmentcoach.com forward slash retained to book a free demonstration. There's no obligation, plus you'll also be helping to support this podcast. That's recruitmentcoach.com forward slash retained. You've given some good examples of customers. Essentially, it's to do with the communication and the quality of their process. But I I think a lot of clients have not, they don't understand how much the market has changed and they haven't adapted to the new reality. And like, to some extent, is it our responsibility to coach them and advise them uh, to, you know, about how they need to run their recruiting process in order to capture the talent? Of course, they may or may not take your advice, I suppose. Yeah, well, uh, sometimes it's lip service if it's a bigger organization. Uh, I mean, what I do now, Mark, is I emphasize uh, even before I give them a candidate briefing, guys, the market is crazy. You've got to commit to moving very fast. And if I send you a candidate, please interview them because, you know, that's my job to select uh, uh, the candidate for you. Uh, and if you if you want to start second guessing them, I mean, I, I've interviewed these people, obviously. So if I've interviewed somebody and I give it a, a thumbs up, then I expect my customer to interview. There should be uh, enough trust. Uh, and that, that, that works, you know, 99% of the time. Uh, um, one of one of the customers I used to work with was just a, a real pain in the ass uh, uh, with with you know the whole process and the style of interviews and bah, it just wasn't it just wasn't uh, fun yeah so absolutely uh, you know it's got to be fun you know that Mark I mean it, with negative energy you won't perform with positive energy you'll overperform uh, and. Uh, right. You know, I'm 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 a, I'm a, I'm a big fan of of being selective, and as I said, it's not meant arrogantly. It's just return on energy invested, and and uh, that's that's for me as a as a CFO uh, always important. Fantastic. Let's talk about marketing because it's something that um, is really interesting. Because although your background is finance, you're actually excellent at uh, at marketing, Paul. Um, tell me about this benchmarking product because that sounds like a, I mean, it's genius. It's like a Trojan horse, which gets you into the customer and helps them to identify where the gaps are and where they need to improve the the, the team, which then, of course, could lead into your recruiting services. Uh, that's purely coincidental, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, thank you for the kudos on marketing. You know, if you've worked for uh, probably, in my opinion, and I'm not objecting to the best brand in the world, which is uh, which is Nike, and and I had the pleasure of of uh, presenting to uh, to people like Phil Knight uh, uh, and Michael Dell. Uh, you know, American companies are the best marketeers in the world. Uh, I think everybody knows that. So I've, I've learned a lot, and I was also a business uh, head of a business unit at Nike. So that's where the marketing uh, comes from. Um, yeah, the benchmarking is 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 a big deal. We're just uh, getting ready to launch on a multi-channel approach. We want to get the launch right. Uh, we're talking to our PE customers. We have a we have a, a PE podcast which we sponsor, which is which is called What's Up Corporate Friday. That's with a very a very a good partner company of ours who who have all the PE companies uh, in their network. So they, you know the 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 podcast goes out to all of those guys. We're working on a, on a deal uh, to sponsor a, a TV studio, uh, which is uh, which is something uh, exciting with with uh, our closest partner. Um, we we we've agreed we want to do. We just need to do a bit of negotiating, of course. Um, yeah, we push LinkedIn very hard. We're working on we're working on uh, focusing also on our internal network. We need to coach, particularly interim managers, and not just interim managers. You know, it sounds pretty basic, but you know what are the, what are the do's and don'ts of a CV? Yeah, and um, you know, there's some simple things like uh, uh, if you get a CV, you know, and, and I always ask for a for a photo. Yeah, and I know if I was in America, I'd be killed for that. Yeah, but I don't care. I'm not in America, right? And uh, I just it, and and the, you know, uh, I tell the guys, look, if you want to make a good impression, it's the visual age. We need a photo, right? And then when you when you have your CV, you know. Black and white is is out, a little bit of color, right? And uh, put in the link to your company. So if I'm a headhunter and I, I don't have to go Googling who the company is, but I'll, I'll click on the link and I'll see what kind of a company it is or it was if I don't know them and go back to the last two or three uh, uh, links they send. So you can put all that on one page, yeah? 
And, you know, when I get a black and white CV without a, without a photo and, you know, kind of all over the place, I go, oh, I can't present this to a customer. I just can't do that, right? Uh, so because, you know, if you're, if you're under time pressure, those CVs go down in the priority list because, uh, you know, my feeling is if, if, you know, if you send your CV, you've got to be committed to making a good product out of your CV that we can use to market you as an individual. Uh, so there's a bit of work to be done there. We want to coach our, our website. There's, you know, a few older interim managers that are very qualified. They're just not that, you know, digital or, or you know, good on the visuals. And that, that's okay. We'll help them on that. Um, so so that sounds, yeah, absolutely. 100% agree with what you're saying about the CV. But uh, circling back to the benchmarking thing, um, yeah. I, I'm really keen to understand how that works because I've never, yeah. ever heard of anything like this before. I think it's very... Uh, uh, original. It's a great differentiator. Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah, let me let me let me give you give you some background on that. Am I, I I do that. The expert on that is well, it's me being a former CFO. I I worked on a benchmarking product before I set up Finance People Solutions, and uh, so it's 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 a hobby of mine. Uh, I mean, it's really um, what what did we do? We we go in and we analyze the main processes in the finance organization. And every company in the world, no matter big, small, or middle, has three main processes, yeah? It's uh, um, sell to collect, purchase to pay, and record to report. All CFOs will know what I'm talking about there. Those are the three key financial processes in any company. Uh, So we go in and we analyze the hell out of that. And uh, we have best practices. My partner uh, used to be part of a a well-known uh, um, a group that uh, that uh, did benchmarking. So he spent four years there, and he's learned quite a lot. Um, yeah, and it's it's you know we don't charge for consulting days like the, you know the big strategic consulting companies do. You know McKinsey, BCG, Bain, etc. They come in and you're you know you have a bill for for ten thousand a day for the partner, and he comes once in twelve months and says hello. Uh, it's been a little bit sarcastic now, of course, uh, but we don't, <laughs> we don't charge consulting days. We have a product and it depends on the size of the legal entities we benchmark and we have modules, there's three modules. And depending on the size of the company, we're talking about, you know, relatively small money for a great product. We're talking about if it's a small company, maybe 30 grand. And if it's a bigger company, 100 grand. Yeah. So, uh, and no consulting days. Yeah. So it's, it's for me, it's, it's, I'm, I'm really, really uh, convinced about this product and I've just been talking to operations people at one of my uh, favorite customers and they're very open-minded to this because one thing and it's very it's very helpful for private equity we don't just do private equity but this really does work for private equity mark because if you know when private equity is doing a due diligence and they take our product to due diligence the finance organization they will know within a couple of weeks uh is the finance organization red which it typically is but it could be really really dark red or is it yellow or is it green and that's why you know they very, very often, almost without exception, take out the CFO and beef up the organization. So it really, you know, dovetails into our recruitment business. I love that. That's fantastic. Um, so then you've got in in the last time we talked about your relationship with Finance Business Magazine and the, all the video you were doing. What? Tell me about the podcast. How and why that uh, you decided to go down that road. Yeah, that's that. That's back to you know sharing sharing knowledge. It's talking to uh, well-known CFOs, uh, public companies over here, but not just startups. Biotech we had recently. Uh, we had a big corporation guy uh, as well. And um, it's really understanding the motivation of these CFOs in their careers, in the context of their careers. Did they plan their career from the beginning? How how has it come about that they're now very successful public company CFOs? Uh, and what their thinking was on that and what they look for when they're hiring people. Um, and uh, yeah, so it's all really about how to structure your career, how to plan your career. And we share that then with our, you know, with our network. And and, and CFOs love it because, you know, mm. CFOs have two priorities. Is my family healthy? Is there food in the fridge? That's the number one. And number two is how is my career going? Yeah. And 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 one thing, Mark, uh, um, which I'll, I'll interject here with now, but, you know, things have changed in the marketplace. People are becoming a lot more thoughtful than they used to be. That's driven by Corona. It's driven by this terrible war in the, in the Ukraine. Yeah. And, the, and, and people are now reprioritizing their lives with work-life balance. 
That is yes. definitely a trend which I fully understand. I mean, it's, it's the same for me. I talk to my wife about it uh, quite a lot. Um, you know, uh, life is too short. And when you see, you know, what's going on in, in Kiev and, and Donbass, it's so horrible. And then Corona. I mean, I had Corona myself uh, five weeks ago, and I spent more or less three weeks in bed, just tired, no energy. And I'm still not 100% recovered uh, yes. uh, today. And, and, you know, everybody's had that Uh I mean, I'm, I'm having a big uh, birthday party. I won't tell anybody how old I am or how young I am, but I'm, I'm having a big party on the 7th of May, and we've got 130 people coming, and we've asked them all to test. I mean, there's no there's no official requirement to test uh, yes. here, here in Frankfurt anymore, uh, but we're doing that, and the people are absolutely delighted. We have some older people coming. My mother-in-law yes. said that they're all close to 80 or even more, so we want, we want to protect them. But, yeah, the, the, absolutely. The, 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 the whole uh, behavior of candidates has changed and uh, the demand, uh, people can't afford to wait to fill positions. I'm always a big uh, a fan of a PE company cannot have a vacancy of all position for longer than a day. Yeah? yeah, There's just too much to lose. And so we, we really positioned this interim to perm and that's really, PE love it because, you know, they get, you get them on board relatively quickly. They get up and running a lot faster than perm candidates because they're used to you know high pressure projects, and you don't have the the, the big um, redundancy risk when you do a you know a three or five year contract with a CFO and it doesn't work out. You have to pay a fortune. Um, in in this case, you don't pay anything. You get rid of them in two weeks, uh, and we'll find a replacement. And quite often we do parallel. Where we have a, one now for a private equity uh, company where they're. You know, I had, the, I had the briefing with the CFO. Just give you an example, Mark. Briefing with the CFO this week. A great guy. We, I mean, chemistry is so important in this business. And uh, uh, he was explaining the situation. It's a bit of a mess. And one of his key players has become pregnant. And she's going to take time off, uh, you know, mother leave, as we call it here. Uh, we talked. And his plan was to, to look for a perm. And, you know, at the end of the conversation, I said, Nico, you need an interim right away. You've got big problems. You need to manage that. We'll look parallel for a perm. And Nico said at the end, you know what, Paul, I couldn't agree more. And Nico is now interviewing our first interim candidate today. And and the briefing Brilliant. was, the briefing was, yeah, we move fast. The briefing was uh, the day before yesterday. But we've got him, we presented him now, probably one of our top three accounting interim managers in Germany. Who, who we know. Amazing. So we can, so- we can, uh, I, I, I'll, I'll let you structure this, but let me just add one thing, uh, Mark. Sure. I mean, for us, the, the difference for us is we have relationships with these people. So if I call a guy, uh, Andreas is the guy's name in this case, I say, Andreas, I've got a great project for you. He will be convinced right away because he knows my track record and he'll make himself available to talk to that customer. Yeah. Uh, and that's why, um, Mark, I don't like this term headhunting. I think this headhunting thing is, 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 a, is a, a term of the past. I call it resource matching. Yeah, we match resources. We don't headhunt the people. We have them already in our networks, and we have relationships with them. So it's about what's the best position for these people with uh, whichever customers. So it's an evolution from the old. I mean, like headhunting, you know, suggests uh, okay, I'll go and hunt yeah all over the place. And you know, I'm I'm not close enough to the to the bigger recruitment companies now because I'm I'm no longer on the market, of course, but. You know, when you look at the Champions League players like, uh, uh, you know, you know them all, the the Aegons and 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 Corn uh, Ferry and Spencer and all those guys. I mean, you know, they're, they're beefing up their organization. They've got very good people. Um, I don't think they're as dynamic as as we as boutiques are, and I would like to think we are a boutique or we are a boutique. And uh, you know, they don't have the CFO knowledge that I have from having been a successful CEO, and that's a huge USP for us. Oh, absolutely. Paul, um, I want to explore this idea of the resource matching because you highlighted that you've basically gone through a two-year exercise of identifying and sort of curating uh, a network of uh, finance people who, and you, you reckon you've, you've got a, a relationship, you've had some correspondence with two-thirds or three-quarters of the you know, uh, senior finance professionals in in your region, yeah. which is fan- fantastic. You told me uh, a, a story. I, I was a few weeks ago now that 
you filled uh, a, a role that was a hundred thousand euro fee, and you turned that around in seven days. Could you tell that story? Oh, which one? Which one, Mark? I can't, I can't remember. Has that happened more than once? Yeah, yeah. No, no. It, 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 it. The better your network is, the more quickly you can do it. You know. And, right. Uh, I mean, one thing I've learned. Uh, I mean, I, you know, I'm, I wasn't in the. I wasn't born in the recruitment business. So I'm, I've, I've learned a lot from common sense. Uh, I put more focus now on the customer briefing than I used to, yeah, because that's the and you've advised me on this as well as as my coach, right? Uh, you've got to have the briefing call with the with the customer, and you've got to qualify it. You got to you know put it from a, a zero to ten. Ten is yes, this is going to be a great uh, a cooperation. That the guy's really good. They're 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 efficient. They'll they'll make quick interview appointments and all that good stuff. And others are all over the place. Yeah, all over the place. And those guys that are all over the place, they slip down on the priority list. Yeah, and that's something I didn't do uh, years ago. I mean, uh, I used to, I get, I'm very enthusiastic, as you know. So I'm talking to a customer and, and, and they need help and I move fast. And and I, I quite often move faster than the customers. Guess what? It doesn't work. It breaks down. Uh, and I've had that a few times. So that's a learning for me uh, is spend more time up front uh, uh, explaining the situation to the customer, explaining the market, and the market has never been as crazy as it is now, never, at least since since I set the company up in 2014. So you've got to, you've got to, uh, in Germany, there's an expression was it, man muss sie abholen. You've got to, you've got to get them on the same page as yourself, and you've got to get them fully committed. That's why we have the commitment fee uh, to moving forward quickly, to taking my advice. I know the market, that's what I get paid for. Um, yeah, so that, that's, you know, a learning for me. I've had a few painful experiences trying to move too fast, but, you know, I'm always motivated by speed and quality and the combination that was in my career as a CFO or as a general manager. And it's in my career now. And believe me, you know, I'll give you an example of me in the company. We work on voicemail only. We, we only communicate within the team, you know, except if you're sending a CV or something, it's all voicemail, all voicemail because it's quick, 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 quick. And everybody's on voicemail and you leave a message and you have an answer within, you know, two seconds. <laughs> uh, interesting. So, Paul, uh, this is something that we advise all our clients and you've 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 done it. You're one of the best at this, which is really uh, mapping out your market, identifying, you know, all of the uh customers as well as the you know on the client side but also the the candidate side and you've you've curated this network so that you know all the best people already and that gives you that speed and quality that you're you're talking about rather than having to reinvent the wheel and start from scratch on every search which takes you know weeks and and possibly months which you know the big search firms typically will take you know 3 months or longer to to fill an assignment and you're doing it in a week uh, which you know, it, it, you can't really beat that. That's phenomenal. Let's talk about. Oh, did you have something? Yeah, I mean, to it, just to manage expectations out there, a week is not the benchmark. I mean, we our, right. our, our benchmark for uh, for a direct search is uh, getting getting the right candidates in place uh, between four and six weeks. Yeah, it's usually not just, more. It's usually not more than four weeks. Yeah, and, and you know, these are these are uh, very carefully scrutinized candidates. All candidates that go to customers are interviewed by me. Uh, so, you know, scaling that is is always the challenge, Mark. Uh, uh, so the, the bigger the, bigger the, 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 the uh, you know, the higher the positions are, then the more scalable it is because of the, the, the price involved. Mm, yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Let's talk about LinkedIn. People should definitely, by the way, check out Paul Taff on LinkedIn and see what you're posting. It's Taff T. Double A, double F E, um, because you're very um, deliberate and very strategic about how you leverage LinkedIn. It's one of your main um, sort of channels for for marketing and building your. You've got a really good personal brand, but what's interesting is that you're posting a combination of really good business insight, like your videos, your podcasts, you know. Um, information that will be valuable to your market but you're also posting a lot of personal stuff like recently you went to barcelona to uh, to watch football and you post a lot about football so i think it's a nice blend of people getting to know your personality and and as well as the 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 business stuff what what could yeah. you talk a little bit about your strategy here 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, I am, I am, you know, most Irish people are totally interested in some kind of sports, whether it's, you know, rugby, uh, football, Gaelic football, hurling. Uh, we grew up with that as kids. So I'm, I'm hugely emotional about sport. And uh, living in Frankfurt, I've been, I've been a member of the club and I, we have season tickets, my, myself and my son, Justin, uh, for, oh God, well, for me, 30 years. And my son is, he's, uh, I got him into the stadium when he was about four, if I remember correctly. Uh, and by the way, today is a huge day in the history of Eintracht Frankfurt. Why? We are playing West Ham United in London tonight in the first round of the semi-final of the Euro Cup. Yeah. And by the way, Mark, my childhood club in England, and everybody in Ireland has a club in England, you know, Man United, Liverpool, was, was neither of those. It was all, I, I always liked those in Celtic, of course. Uh, West Ham United. My uncle was a huge fan many, many years ago. Unfortunately, he's no longer with us yet. And his kids, so my first cousins, and I've been talking to them today, they're West Ham United fans. So <laughs> normally, normally I would have gone over to London. I mean, we were in Barcelona. There were 40,000 people from Franklin. But it was just unforgettable, absolutely unforgettable. I was there with my family. Uh, we, we bought 21 tickets altogether directly from Barcelona. They were kind of overwhelmed when they saw how many Frankfurt fans were at the stadium. And West Ham is now trying to prevent that. And they probably will be successful in preventing that. Uh, and so if you go to West Ham and you're not in the official Eintracht block, and I could have got tickets for West Ham directly from the club, uh, you're not allowed to support Frankfurt. You're not allowed to wear your scarf. You're not allowed, uh, you know, if you stand up when Frankfurt gets a goal and you go crazy, you'll be kicked out of the stadium. It's, it's, it's sad, this development driven by, you know, commercial uh, football. But listen, the, the, the point really is um, why, what's your rationale for talking about football on LinkedIn? Because a lot of like the LinkedIn police say, oh, this isn't Facebook. You should only post business stuff, which I disagree with. What's your thought process behind it? Well, first of all, first of all, we're in, we're based in Frankfurt. Uh, my home is Frankfurt, so I'm I'm very uh, I, I identify very much with this town. My kids were born here, uh, um, so it's home for me. Uh, um, that's point number one. And uh, I love the club. It's very multi multi culty. Uh, you know, we have players from all over the all over the world, from Japan, from from Eastern Europe, Croatia, Serbia from Austria. Uh, and I love that. It, it's a huge, Frankfurt is the most international city in, in Germany by far. I mean, we also had the US troops here, uh, the GIs uh, many years ago. And, and my opinion, they were good for Frankfurt, good for the culture. Maybe they'll be coming back. Uh, God knows what's going to happen over there in, in, in Ukraine. Um, and for me, uh, it's part of my personality, and you know, a lot of a lot of our CFOs are Frankfurt fans, and and uh, we get a rapport going. My posts, I mean, I, two posts today, no, only football. There's no business posts going out uh, this week anymore. Yeah, it's all football. It's all fun. We sent out photos of of our trip to to Barcelona uh, with my my wife and my kids, and it's just great fun. And, you know, yeah. and LinkedIn doesn't pen penalize this in any way. We no, no, it doesn't. It, the opposite. And that's what people don't realize is that, you know, often it's the photos of you at an event or, you know, pursuing your passion that gets more traction on LinkedIn than something that's boring. You know, it's it's uh, why can't business be fun? It's not um, there, yeah, absolutely, th absolutely. there's no longer these boundaries, these hard boundaries between your personal life and your, you know, your career. They're 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 very much more um, integrated now, I think. Yeah, I mean, if, if you know, my, my former boss, uh, uh, Tony Alvarez from Alvarez Marsal, he used to do I haven't seen him actively recently, but Tony was always posting photos of his children. One of them's a, a model, one of them's a musician. And uh, I still love it, you know, the, the mixture. I mean, let's, uh, why not, why not, uh, why not mix? Why not mix? The, you know, the personality is is not just business driven, it's also personal driven. And I mean, when Ireland's uh, playing well in rugby, I post the hell out of that and have great fun with the English guys. And Canada's coming on in rugby, by the way. Uh, so kudos there. Yeah, no, it's just part of, part of my life and, uh, I'm a big uh, I'm a big fan of having fun while you know while yeah while living absolutely 
Have you ever dreamed of launching, scaling, and one day selling your recruitment business? If so, I highly recommend you speak to Recruitment Entrepreneur. Founded by former Dragon's Den star James Kahn, Recruitment Entrepreneur is the world's leading private equity firm specifically focused on the recruitment industry. They invest in startups and scale-ups and have already backed over 30 founders. There's no reason why you couldn't be their next joint venture partner. James's first company, Alexander Mann, sold in 2013 for $260 million. His second venture, Humana International, he grew with Doug Bugey to over 140 offices in 30 countries before selling to MRI. James and his team are actively looking for ambitious recruiters from across the United States and around the world who want to partner with them to launch and scale successful recruitment businesses. They provide the funding, expertise, mentoring, and back office support to make your dream a reality. To learn more about Recruitment Entrepreneur in the USA or anywhere globally, go to recruitmentcoach.com forward slash VC as in venture capital. Book a discovery call with them and be sure to tell them that you were sent by Mark Whitby in the Resilient Recruiter podcast. Once again, visit recruitmentcoach.com forward slash VC. I wanted to ask you just uh, because you mentioned it earlier and I forgot to pick up on it. What's what did you learn from working for Phil Knight? Because that you know, I, I read Shoe Dog, which is a fantastic book. If people haven't read that, which is kind of his uh, autobiography, but um, what what were what were your kind of learnings or takeaways from that experience? Yeah, uh, uh, I love talking about my time at Nike. It finished a little bit a little bit earlier than I would have liked. They wanted me to go to the states to do a to do a staff job in in Beaverton in Oregon, and uh, my my second son was just five, and we decided against that. Because uh, you know Oregon, as you well know, you go to Chicago and it's still four hours on a plane, so it's a little bit, a little bit, uh, um, yeah, a little bit far away and uh, and culturally also quite behind Europe. Uh, you know, Nike gives a whole new definition to innovation. Uh, the way they do things. I mean, uh, we we had guys coming over from from Beaverton, the headquarters, and uh, coming to our management meetings in Germany. It was just inspiring inspiring the way they looked at things, the way they looked at key account management, customer management. It was completely the opposite to the way we did it in Germany, you know, uh, and we learned a lot. Now, some people resisted it a bit, which is uh, which wasn't so smart. Uh, you know, if you're sitting in a board meeting and you're inspired by the people in there, and I remember Tom Clark was the president of Nike uh, back in those days, named like Clark, obviously an Irish background. So Tom and I got on really, really, really well. Um, and, 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 you know, they, they, I remember when I went into Nike, I, I came up with a, with a, a transformation plan within about 60 days. And it was like, uh, I still have it actually in my office, 250 in, initiatives. If I had the benchmarking product that we have now back then, it would have been a lot quicker. And, uh, you know, and, um, the, 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 the head of EMEA, uh, Martin Coles, rest in peace, unfortunately, and, and, and Tom and Phil Knight, they all wanted to see it. So, you know, it was, for me, that was very flattering and, uh, hugely motivating to be part of the family Nike, uh, uh, and, and Nike, one of them, Nike's main, uh, culture attributes was challenging things, challenging the status quo in a constructive way. Mm. Yeah. Um, so I met some great people there. I'm still friends with a lot of people. We had a great team, the low, the, the European CFO team. I mean, you know, people from, from Sunderland, from, from Milan, from Paris, Jesus. I mean, you know, <laughs> we're talking about Barcelona. We had a finance event in Barcelona many, many years ago. I have photos of it. Um, and, uh, it went on through the night, put it like that. So we had a then we, we we had to go the next day. There was, there was no way we couldn't go. That wouldn't be accepted. So we were all very tired in the in the session the next day. But we went through the night, and you can imagine what we were up to during the night, uh, uh, having a few beers and having a chat. And uh, so it was kind of interesting being back in Barcelona last week. We stayed in the in the beautiful hotel Juan Carlos Hotel. And I, it came back to me. I looked at the photos when I got back. And all of those guys were just great guys. We had a great rapport, uh, lovely, lovely people. Very demanding. Uh, but Nike, definitely the most, uh, uh, the most impressive company I've ever worked for. And Michael Dell is another guy who's hugely humble, hugely humble. Comes into a board meeting with a, with a rucksack and takes his dad along. 
And he says, Dad, just sit there and have a listen. You know, so informal. I mean, Michael Dell is a lovely, lovely guy. And and he, I mean, very courageous guy. Takes his company from the from the from the stock market and 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 gets a, a private equity partner in there and buys EMC. Uh, hugely impressive, Michael Dell. Yeah, so great experience for me having been exposed uh, to those guys. And, and you know, Lear Corporation was run by entrepreneurs, the guys who grew up on the shop floor and bought the company and did an MBO and and did a did a did a, a quote of the company again. Really different business, automotive business, Mark. Very down to earth. Very. These guys were like, you go into a presentation and uh, and you put up the wrong slide. <laughs> I remember our European EMEA CEO Bob Rossiter, also RIP. Unfortunately, Bob was a character. You know, started off in the workflow and customer was king with him. I mean, there was nothing else apart from customers. I mean, my first meeting with Bob uh, was uh, he said to me, Paul, why do we need finance? And, and I said, Bob, because we want to keep you out of jail, right? <laughs> And he said, he said, okay, that works. Go ahead. <laughs> Can you cut them down by 50%? And I said, uh, Bob, I promise you I'll have a close look at it, but I won't commit until I, until I you know, have a look. It, you know, automotive business, it's hugely competitive, low margin. Uh, I mean, when I went from Nike, which is, you know, a casual type company, to the automotive business, it was probably the toughest business in the world. That was a that was a culture shock, Mark. I mean, everybody in the in the in the in the interviews they were wearing ties and and they were all at least sixty years old. The guys, uh, but you know, I did that culture move, and at the end, it was great for my career because we did a huge amount of M and A. We you know we spent years buying companies and went from two billion to seven or eight billion a year revenue, and uh, also enjoyed it. And my CFO in Detroit. Who, who I still have good uh, relationship with. Don Stevens was a New York banker. Uh, we we just had we had a great time. Amazing. So, w- what do you feel have been the elements from that you've taken from those experiences and and sort of in- integrated into finance people solutions? Well, first of all, solutions. Uh, you know, there's 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 never a problem. There's always a solution. And uh, yeah, you mean when I'm when I'm in a briefing uh, and you know I, I have my my notes, but frankly, you know, within five or ten minutes, I get it. You know, I get it what what they're looking for, and uh, it's it's kind of structured in my mind. And then I start thinking about well, okay. I mean, our network is huge, so I don't have everybody in my head, but uh, you know, I think mm-hmm, that could be something for for the, on the interim side now, or on the perm side as well for this person, that person, and. Um, so it's uh, you know the 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 innovation that we that we have uh, with the benchmarking, for example, um, that's that's hugely important. Uh, we have a very high energy level. Everybody in the company is very motivated. We haven't lost anybody uh, over the last uh, few years, uh, at least not voluntarily. Um, so high energy level, very results driven, very quality oriented. Uh, you know, never presenting candidates that shouldn't be presented. Uh, it happened once, actually, in the last, in 2014. This guy, who I thought was okay in the interview, he, he made a terrible mess in uh, in the action. That was very, very embarrassing. But I was highly motivated to compensate that, and we got the right guy then within, within a couple of weeks after that. So that was, uh, you, you know, you've got to have the quality control in there. So, yeah, you know, lots of different things. Uh, um, feeling comfortable with you know all kinds of nationalities. I'm a very international, global citizen. I would say, uh, as most Irish have been, they've been the you know the gypsies. One of my friends called me a gypsy, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> in a in a positive sense. So uh, yeah, and you know delivering results, uh, keeping the team motivated, keeping the team incentivized. Um, Paul. And, and, Let's talk about that because you have a uh, a very interesting approach to building your team and you've hired quite a few students. Could you explain your uh, strategy there? Yeah, yeah. Um, Well, working with students is hugely refreshing. I mean, they're they're highly motivated, energized. They're very social media, um, um, you know, very, very competent on that. They, they we have we have a Azure fix every Wednesday. We call it the breakthrough group, uh, and we just talk about new ideas and, and how to do things. And now we've uh, we just finished. Neve has just done her marketing. We call it master master uh, masters uh, uh, um, document, uh, which we reviewed yesterday. And and 
interactively and the team gave their input. I gave my input. And then we've got Anna who's doing, uh, she's doing her master's on search uh, process optimization. We call it master's, a bit of a spin on being a student. And we've got Milena working on candidate management and, and doing her master's on that. It's great. And, and, and you know, you've got to blend it with the, with the more established players like the two Christianas and Susanna. So we blend it. I mean, I'm very, very careful that the, the, the people who've been here longer uh, don't feel like we're turned into just a student company. It's the mixture. It's a mixture. I mean, I, I, I'm a big fan of constant, constant uh, uh, challenging how we're doing things. Make it better every day. Make it better. Um, and, you know, in the in in our coaching group, Mark, I mean, I, I take away a lot of inspiration from that. Uh, I really enjoy that, as you know. And you've got one guy who I really love in that group is Joel, who's who's just done so much. And he knows recruitment from A to Z and from Z to A. And, uh, you know, with Joel speaking, you can't hear, you know, uh, uh, um, uh, anything. Uh, it's pure silence because people are fascinated by him. And I, I love that. That's that's been very helpful for me. Getting insights also from the U.S., which is the most innovative uh, market in the world, I'm, in, in, my, in my opinion. Um, and the U.K. Is, is, is fairly, you know, rebellious as well in terms of doing new stuff. We're slow in Europe to adopt that, but I want to keep the exposure to the U.S. and the U.K. to hear what people are doing, to hear, hear their ideas. And I mean, there's still a lot of people doing a lot of uh, non, uh, you know, non-retainer work, even in our group. Uh, and no, that's, <laughs> that's, so I don't mean to be arrogant, but you, to do a, to do a job properly, you've got to be able to allocate the resources. You've got to take the time to do a good search. And this retainer thing, where three headhunters or non-retainer thing, where three headhunters are, and you know, the finance market is full of uh, what I call CV uh, CV brokers. Uh, I don't need to. I won't mention any names. That's the business model, and they're and you know they do they do it quite well. And I use them myself when I was a CFO, but, you know, executive search boutique is a different world. I hundred percent agree with that. So uh, if people want to check out my interview with Joel Slenning, which is who Paul's referring to, then we'll include a link in the show notes. Um, he co-chairs the Apex group with me. Uh, but Paul, I, when you say masters, I, I wanted to really understand. So you've, you've got students, are they still studying? So they're working for you part-time or? Yeah, yeah, they're, they're still studying, uh, okay. but they're still able to put in a lot of hours uh, for us, uh, um, so they're like full time. I mean, they have wow. you know a day or two in college, but you know, Neve uh, works Sundays. Uh, uh, um, the uh, you know they're 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 always they're always available, and and, and it works. Um, it's a great blend. I mean, I, I thoroughly thoroughly enjoy it. I mean, uh, you know, I remember at the beginning when I had a partner in the business, and I was playing golf and and doing bike trips, and and not really being that much involved in the day to day. Uh, you know, he hired uh, some people, uh, cost of fortune and, and performance was just not there. And uh, uh, we really cut our cost base down uh, uh, tremendously. And, uh, you know, performance went up. I mean, our, our sales per head is probably, uh, you know, if you consider I'm the only one actually selling to customers, which is a bit of a challenge, uh, really. And I, I keep thinking about how can I perhaps, you know, find a backup the jury still out on how I do that. But our, our revenue... Uh, per head uh, is is probably you know way up there in in the industry in Germany. Absolutely. Well, because you have is it six people in total or we've uh, we've got seven. You've got seven. So yeah. divide five million revenue divided by seven people. That's a phenomenal uh, you know revenue per per head. That's almost unheard of. Um, what uh, so is are, are the students uh, sort of is it an official in, internship program or it's just like uh, I what's the what's the arrangement? If I wanted to replicate that in my business, Paul, like what? what yeah. How would I go about it? Well, we have we have we have a contract, and they're they're not allowed not allowed not allowed to do more than twenty hours a week. Okay, that's the that's the official legal uh, um, uh, prerequisite. Mm -hmm. uh, we pay their health insurance, and they get you know they get an hourly fee, and we we tend to pay. Uh, market or above market, depending on 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 which one. Yeah. Uh, um, and it's 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 just great fun. We were lucky, mind you. We were only looking for one, and we had three unbelievable applications, and I just couldn't say no to any of them. And are you looking like? Is it a? Uh, 
Do you have a relationship with the university? How have you identified these no, individuals? No, not, not, re- not really. I mean, my, my sons went to Frankfurt University, and uh, but no, no real relationship with the university. We just did an ad, kind of a, you know, an ad with a uh, little unconventional, which students tend to like, and uh, we move very quickly into interviews and absolutely, absolutely no regrets. Love working with these people. So you advertised where? We advertised, we did advertise at uh, Frankfurt University. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to be fair, that's where we did advertise. Uh, and then we advertised, I think we did an advertisement in Indeed. Yeah. Uh, the big the big American company also sponsors of Eintracht Frankfurt. Um, yeah, but I mean, they, well, Anna is from Frankfurt. Yeah, they're all really from the Frankfurt region. But, yeah. and Paul, what did you describe you were looking for? Because you're, you're not, the, the roles that you've described are not conventional, like recruiters or, you know, weren't looking for recruitment consultants exactly. So what did you, what role were you advertising? Yeah, we, frankly, we didn't think that much about the role. Uh, we just, uh, we left that a bit open depending on the talent, right? And now we've seen, for example, I mean, uh, Daniel, uh, who's a little bit older, uh, Daniel's very strategic. He's done a lot of stuff in the recruitment industry. So he, he does my strategic planning and, and we brainstorm all the time about how to position the company. Uh, and that. Uh, I mean, Anna is, uh, uh, she was in Barcelona, by the way, as well. She's half Spanish and her dad's a big Eintracht fan. Uh, she's really excellent at searching. I mean, you know, it, it, you know she had a three-month learning period. She's still learning, but she loves it as well. She's really eager, et cetera, et cetera. And Milena is uh, the, the last one to come in. Milena is uh, working now on, on how we manage candidates, how we uh, even build the relationships more so, what kind of communication we should be doing. So Milena's working on that. Um, yeah, so I think, you know, open-mindedness is important. And for me, for me, it's, it's more about personality than what they've done before. Now, to be fair also, uh, they, they've had a little bit of exposure to being in a personnel department uh, and, and Daniel worked for a couple of headhunters as well. So, you know, there was having a little bit of recruitment DNA uh, or personnel department DNA was not unimportant. Right. Okay. Well, well so <clears throat> if I'm going to replicate this, Paul, because we're, we're growing, uh, as, you, as you know, our, our business as well. But uh, and you're you're advertising whether it's on Indeed and LinkedIn or at, with the, the the local university. I know you're saying you weren't it wasn't role specific, but presumably in the ad copy you have to say what the job is. Like what? How are you describing the uh, opportunity? No, we just described the you know described the company, what we're doing, and uh, no, we didn't. We we okay. didn't. Uh, it was like come and join the family, and uh, you know blah blah blah. Um, and, you know, I, I was open-minded and, uh, you know, it, it, it developed in the training period, it, it, you know, that, that Anna is really good at searching, um, that Daniel's more on the strategic side and Elena, she started with the candidate side, but she can also do searches later. I mean, we have a pile of searches now and, and Jesus, it's, uh, it's challenging, uh, uh, you know, um, keeping the productivity up. Especially when Eintracht Frank was in the semi-final in Europe, <laughs> difficult for me to concentrate, Mark. Absolutely. Well, Paul, look. So your big birthday celebration is May seventh. Is that your actual birthday? Uh, no, my actual birthday is on the fourth. But I've oh. decided to become forty again, Mark. All right, it sounds so good. But you're the invitation on the top. It says. Paul is 40 again. <laughs> well, my 49th birthday is on May 10th, so we're both Taurus. Yeah, well, which is which yeah. is a good one. My dad, my dad was also uh, Taurus, and uh, uh, I, although I would say, Mark, knowing you now very well over the last few years and being a great coach for me, um, that you are a much uh, more—that's probably your Canadian upbringing—but you're a much more diplomatic Torian than I am. <laughs> okay, Fair you're enough. more chill than I am, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Well, Paul, listen, uh, this has been a great pleasure. I really enjoyed uh, and, and thank you for sharing your insights. You've been you know, hugely successful in the recruiting, recruiting arena. And um, what I, I love about you is that you are also s- always looking to learn, grow, improve, n- challenges in the status quo. And you don't have an ego. You just want, you know, you just want to be even more successful and, and do better every day. So I love that about you. Thank you, Mark. I really appreciate it. It's always a pleasure uh, dealing with you. 
you've been my coach now for these quite a few years and uh, it gets better and better. And, you know, both of our businesses have evolved. I mean, we're growing, you're growing, yeah. uh, which is which is great to see. And yeah, uh, I mean, there's nothing that cannot be improved. Nothing that cannot be improved. You just got to do the granular analysis, be open-minded about it, and then you can take out a step or two steps or three steps and make yourself much more efficient. Always doable. Fantastic, Paul. Well, look, um, I'm sure we'll speak in the meantime, but in, in case not, have a fantastic birthday and I uh, hope you have fun. Thanks, Mark. All right. Don't worry. I will. I'm we sure will. you will. <laughs> All right, sir. Take care. Thank you for listening. Just before you go, let me ask you one question. Who in your network would make a great guest on the Resilient Recruiter podcast? I'm always on the lookout for interesting people to interview. Recruitment entrepreneurs who embody the ethos of the Resilient Recruiter. If you're a regular listener, you'll know the kind of person I'm looking for. Ordinary men and women who've achieved extraordinary things. Specifically, I'm looking for someone with a great story to tell, someone who's overcome adversity in pursuit of their goals, and who's open to sharing their own mistakes and learning experiences with our listeners. In the words of previous guests, John Coxon and Alex Elliott, I'm looking for someone with humble confidence. They could be a top producing solo or independent recruiter or the owner of a fast growing firm. Maybe that person is you. Or maybe it's someone you know. Send me your recommendations, mark at recruitmentcoach.com, or feel free to nominate yourself. And if you think you meet the criteria I've just outlined, I'd love to hear from you. Once again, it's mark at recruitmentcoach.com. Remember to hit subscribe, and I'll see you next time.